Welcome to the Sparks and Space podcast. I'm your host, Ailish Lucas, and each week I'll be bringing sparks of inspiration to ignite into your business and the space to remind you who you truly are. I'm so excited you're here. So let's dive in. Today I have an extremely special guest with me. I'm fangirling a little bit at the moment. Um, I've got the amazing Erin Falkner with us, who is the founder of Pick the Brain, which is a self-help improvement website, which is absolutely phenomenal. You should definitely check it out. She's also the co-founder of Leaf TV, and she is uh, the author of this incredible book, How to Get Shit Done, Why Women Need to Stop Doing Everything So They Can Achieve Anything. So thank you so much for joining me, Erin. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm, I'm looking forward to our chat. Oh, yeah, me too. So I always ask this as the first question for everybody because I am obsessed with morning routines and if people yes. have them and if they don't. So what's your morning routine like? Well, it's so funny because for such a long time, I struggled with having a morning routine. I'm a creative person. I'm a writer, as you mentioned, and I was kind of trapped in a weird, you know, that cliche of like, I've got to be a night person and that's where all my creativity com comes from. And so for like literally two thirds of my life, I was the type of person that would stay up half the night and then my alarm clock would go off in the morning and I'd be hitting snooze and like running out the door in complete chaos. And... <clears throat> A couple of years ago, um, I just wasn't feeling great. And I, I started to hone in on my sleep and be like, this is really, it's so important. You know, I just was reading more and more and more and more about, you know, how the body and the skin and every part of us regenerates when we sleep. And so I really started to make a concentrated effort to A, work on my sleep and B, once I was able to do that, I wanted to set up my morning um, so that that could set up the rest of my day. In other words, that would set the tone for the day. And as soon as I started doing that, it was literally a game changer for me. And so what I do, and it has changed slightly because I have a baby now, a new, a new baby. Um, so that, well, not new, one years old, it still feels new. Mm. Um, I've had to adapt it slightly, but generally speaking, my morning routine is always uh, I find 20 minutes to meditate. For me, this is um, a non-negotiable and it really, it's amazing how much energy it gives me and calm and focus. And so that for sure, I find 20 minutes for. Um, I, I take a shower every morning. I drink a, gla a glass of hot water with lemon. And then I drink this is all before I eat. I drink uh, celery juice with a little bit of lemon on an empty stomach. And then I go into an espresso with almond milk. <clears throat> I, sorry, back up. I drink the celery juice, then I meditate, then I have a coffee. So um, I don't drink coffee before I meditate because that gets me whatever. Anyway, so my, basically my morning routine consists of hot water with lemon, celery juice, meditation, and coffee. Yeah. And then breakfast, yeah. but it's usually a very quick breakfast. I love that. And I completely agree with you in terms of um, when you sort out your morning routine, it really does set the tone for the rest of the day. I noticed that with myself where I felt all over the place when I didn't have a morning routine and I, it's a non-negotiable for me now um, since the start of this year. And it has been amazing. The amount of 
it's just my happiness levels feel like yeah. they've just shot through the roof and it just yeah. feels so so good so yeah. um yeah I applaud you for just like really deciding that that's what you really wanted to do and sticking with it yeah and one thing I will mention that has been kind of also a game changer is that I was used to be the type of person that would roll over and grab my phone and immediately start checking emails and I just so I've cut that out. I don't look at my phone until after I meditate. And honestly, it's been such a great mental adjustment because what I found was, you know, you're checking emails, but I wasn't responding to them. But so I had it going through my head, all the things I need to do, but I actually wasn't even doing them. So it's like, I'm in two places at one time accomplishing nothing. Mm. Uh, so it's just about making those choices to be kind of not multitasking as well. And that actually goes throughout the entire day. But when you start your day making choices to focus on one thing at a time, um, it really sets the right pace. Yeah, I completely agree. And I always find that when I look at, say, social media or my emails or anything in the morning, that um, it feels like you've got, um, you know, when your in internet browser's got loads of tabs open, yeah. it feels like my brain has all these tabs open. I'm like, ah, I just need to shut them all down. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and you really, really do. Yeah. So um, for anybody who doesn't know about you, could you tell us a little bit more about what you do? Just because um, you've got quite a varied kind of career um, CV almost, because yes. it's not just what I mentioned. Those are kind of right. just the top of the mind things. So would you be able to just tell us a little bit more? Yeah, sure. So I originally moved down to Los Angeles, I talk about this in the book, to be kind of in the entertainment industry. Long story short, that was a catastrophic disaster. And I found myself with no money, no car, no house. My visa was up. I'm Canadian, living in the States. And I had this real pivotal moment where I was like, I need, either need to go back to Canada or I'm going to stay. I, I, I can somehow try and stay here. And I guess the scariest thing about that is that I'd listened to this inner voice in myself and that's what had seemed to fail me. So it wasn't about not having money or any of that stuff, although that wasn't great. It was that I feel like I felt I'd followed myself and my inner voice to come to here and then it, would, it had failed me. And I was like, what, in, what the hell am I doing? Um, so it was in that very dark moment, I still was like, I'm gonna try and double down on this because if I don't follow this, I don't really know where else to look. So I sent out a hundred resumes on Craigslist, which is like a job search thing here. And, um, and uh, got one response back, which was for a $15 an hour copywriting job, not the kind of writing job I moved to Los Angeles for. But um, I took, I said, I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna try and make it something, turn it into something. And if I can't do that, I gotta go home. So that was how I got into the internet. Um, and I was able to take that little job and turn it into Pick the Brain, which is my blog. Um, as you mentioned at the top, it's one of the oldest and most read self-improvement blogs on the web. Out of that, you know, out of that, I was able to raise money for my other company, Leaf TV, which I co-founded. Um, that is a lifestyle video um, kind of hub for the millennial young woman leaf stands for living eating and fashion and over the years we turned the focus of that very much into wellness um that's where our interests just started to gravitate more and more and more to uh and then we sold leaf to a publicly traded company um which is now called the leaf group 
And so out of the success of Pick the Brain and Leaf, I was offered to write this book. And now what I'm doing is my blog, Pick the Brain. I'm still writing. I'm, I'm, I'm starting writing another book. And I have my, my podcast, which is called Pick the Brain. So I'm basically doing those things. It sounds like you're doing a heck of a lot. So how come, well, firstly, congrats, because like you've just achieved a huge amount. Um, but why did you decide to write a book about productivity and letting go of what doesn't serve you? Yeah, so after, after um, I had that kind of spectacular failure and was treading water and trying to you know find some way out, I finally did, but once I did, start to have success because I was so um, kind of triggered by my failure and scared to like lose everything and scared to stop. I just kept going, 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 going. And when this New York lit agent hit me up and said, Hey, we want you to write a book. And I was like, Oh my God, my dream has come true. You know, after 15 years of being here, I'm actually going to be like a paid uh, writer. I got on the call with her and I was like, great. Yes. What do you want me to write about? And she said, well, about you. And I was like, what, who would, who would read that book? Like, what are you talking? I was like, so bummed out. And then she was like, well, you've done this, you've done this, you've done this. And I was like, I got off the phone. I was like, I started to think about it. And then I was like, wait, I had, I had, I mean, it's not rocket science. I haven't like de de developed the cure for cancer, but I've done some pretty good stuff, some cool stuff. And I was like, not only am I not appreciating this, I haven't even acknowledged this. I haven't stopped for five seconds to acknowledge this. And when I went into my office the next day, I looked around at all of the women that I you know, had the great fortune of working with. And I was like, I think we're all suffering from the same disease. We're just going, 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 out there collecting trophies. And what's what is it all for? Number one, it's not sustainable. And number two, nobody looked happy, myself included. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment, I was like, okay, I think there's a book here because this is not the way it's supposed to be. Like, the, you know, I talk about in the book that the, the internet is kind of the great equalizer for women. Um, it's taken away a lot of the traditional nine to five hierarchies. It has opened up entire new careers. A lot of the product, you know, a lot of the productivity apps, the ride sharing, the shopping, you know, grocery shopping that can be delivered to you, all that stuff specifically benefit women. Those are things that women traditionally do. And so I, this is such an incredible opportunity. Finally, we're starting to inch closer to not only equality, but finding our own voice and our own path in the workplace. Um, but of course, women being women, we're just getting stuff done to free up more time to get more stuff done. And that's not the idea. The idea is to free up time to then enjoy life, you know, reflect, meditate, understand who you are, be philosophical, just enjoy yourself as opposed to just being, you know, rats on a wheel. And so anyways, that's what the, that's kind of where I was like, I got to write about this. Yeah, that's incredible. And I think it's such a brilliant book. Like I, I mentioned to you before, I've not, I've not read the full thing yet, but before the Glow Summit starts, I absolutely will. Um, and I think it's just, it's so important to be able to have some space in our lives. Yeah. And we're always, we're always trying to take the stairs and 
I feel like if we're not careful, we're going to end up at the top of the stairs and realize we're, we're just on like the, in the complete wrong building. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. why we've actually, right, cause we're not even looking around to see where we're going. It's just up. And that's a very lonely place to be. It's not collaborative. It's empty. Um, and that's why there's so much frustration. And the, the, the truth is, is that, you know, we are, you know, it, I understand the conditioning because we were relatively new to the modern workspace and that modern workspace is constructed by and for men. And so we're, we've, you know, traditionally been trying to fit in to a mold that hasn't exactly worked for us. Um, so I get it, you know, we're, you know, we're, and we're scared to stop and don't feel exactly comfortable. And so it's, you know, there's that. But I also think, you know, now that we are moving into this new workspace, we do have to take responsibility for ourselves and start to own that we do deserve to be here. And this is how we're going to do it and stop making apologies and second guessing ourselves. Mm. Um, I also think in general, and this is true of men, um, but I think even more so of women, we are afraid to be alone with ourselves. So I like your thing of saying take space because it's, that's what it's all about. It's about creating space for yourself. But people are so scared. People would rather be, you know, busy and have every second of their day scheduled out so that they don't have to sit with themselves. Yeah. And the longer you don't sit with yourself, the more scary it is. Of course, as soon as you do sit with yourself, you realize that this is the, this is the, this is the path to all personal power. And, and you know, I, I know that the summit is about glowing, but th this is like the real source of glowing. This is where the magic starts, is that is igniting that internal flame within yourself and everything starts to emanate out. Confidence, beauty, power, all of these things come from, and there's no other way to do it, with sitting with yourself, reflecting with yourself, understanding who you are, where you are, how you got here, and where you really want to go. And so um, that's the ultimate definition of glowing. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And I think there's nothing wrong with, I, some people are kind of a bit scared of sitting with themselves and almost being bored. And I think that's the best thing that you can do. Like, like turn the phone off, put it away and just yeah. sit there and be like, okay, what am I going to do? And then all of like, if it's meditation, if it's reading, that's great. Just like start to just hug, give yourself that space so then you can figure out what you truly really want and people then start to love having their own their own time and spending time with themselves totally. to know each other and then ended up liking themselves more through it totally and i think um you know it is scary to, for people to start and that's why in the book i have um at the end of each chapter i have uh, kind of like a workspace with kind of thought-provoking questions that you can start answering. And then that's, so you, if you don't know where to start what at all, this is a good place to start, you know, you ask, you ask yourself these questions and then you answer it, you start writing, you think about it, you know, because a lot of things you, times you haven't even thought about, it's not that you don't have the answers, you haven't even thought of the questions. Yeah. Um, of course you have the answers, everybody has the answers. So that's where I think, I think people's fear lies, but everybody has the answers within them. Is it, is it, the question is, are you asking yourself the questions? And nine times out of 10, the answer is no. And a good place to start is also just like, understanding what you like to do, what makes you happy. And when you start writing those things down, and then I talk about in the book doing a seven day time tracking challenge where basically you write down from morning to night everything you do for seven days. 
once you've identified the things that you really like, love about yourself and the things that you really like to do, and then you look at the, your results at the end of the seven day time challenge, and you see where you're spending your time versus where, what you like to do, and the great divide between those two things, this starts to become a no-brainer. The answer starts to present yourself. You start to realize, I'm spending all my time making other people's dreams come true. I'm you know, helping other people get their lives done. What am I doing for myself? Nothing, and that's why you feel so depleted, exhausted, and you know, not glowing. You know, the light goes out. Mm. So these are just simple ways to start. And to take away the fear, you don't, you don't have to think there and the answers don't have to present themselves to you. So you're not at, you know, at the beginner is not at that level yet, but these are simple probes to help you start getting there and formulate what it is, who you are and what makes you happy. Mm, yeah, I love that. Now, I wanted to go back um, to an interesting comment you made at the beginning, because say if people are listening to this and they want to figure out their dreams and they're listening to that um, inner voice, um, you mentioned that you'd followed that inner voice and it wasn't working out for you mm -hmm. and you felt like you didn't trust it. So yeah. how did you then be able to go back to that inner voice and go, okay, I'm actually going to start trusting you again? What were the steps that you took? Um, so yeah so the funny thing is everybody has an inner voice in them and the more space you find the louder that voice becomes so i just want to say that um so don't worry anybody that's listening about like oh i don't you know i don't that, that's not true for me it's true for everybody literally it's across it's across the board there's no exception to the rule if you can't hear it it's because you don't have enough space you haven't found enough calm so that i want to say that um what did I do? Well, I panicked. I had a complete freak out. I was like in a romantic comedy movie, like crying on the bathroom floor in the fetal position, literally like just sobbing, being like, where, what am I doing? And honestly, it was very, very, very terrifying. And the only thing, I mean, my parents were like at an intervention stage being like, you have to get back. I mean, it was like the time was up. It was over. Um, and I talked to a mentor of mine, a very good friend um, who I respected and was living in Canada, very successful. Um, I was very upset in the phone call and I was saying exactly what I was saying. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I mean, I have to go home. And it was like, all signs are pointing to that. And he said to me, there is only one sign and that is the voice. And you have to, you have to listen to that. That's the only true North. And I was like, dude, look at where I am right now, you know? And he's like, but what, so what are you going to do? Where are you going to like, you're so aimless. This is the only point of, um, gravity of, of hold, something holding you to anything is this. And, you know, it was a very, I mean, honestly, I, I don't, I just, the idea of going back to Canada again without a plan and kind of landing somewhere and trying to figure it out, I was like, I might as well give this one more shot. But I, let me tell you something. I, this isn't like, let me give this one, like, and in a year I'll evaluate. I had two weeks. That was it. You know, I sent out a hundred resumes. So you also have to take action against that voice. It's not, the voice isn't going to move you. You've, you listen and then you act. And so and I think the most important thing is you act in making a very concrete plan and then you execute. There's no time to be ambivalent about this stuff, right? You get out of your head. You take the time to think, you listen, da 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 da, da but then move. Mm 
And I think that that was the big problem when I moved down to Los Angeles in the first place is that I definitely heard the voice. It was, it was blaring. I mean, I, I turned down going to Canada's best law school. I, like I, this was an easy path to real success from, you know, success for me. And I said no to it because of this voice. So that wasn't the problem. But I, the problem was I listened to it and then I thought it was going to do all the work for me. So I had no plan. Not nothing. I just moved to LA being like, I'm going to make it, you know, that's no, you need to be real specific and action oriented about once you, once you hear this thing, because it's not going to do the work for you. So mm -hmm. that I guess would be my biggest piece of advice advice is listen, take whatever time to make the space to blah, 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 blah. Don't rush that process. But once you get, understand and lock into something, then it's up to you to make a plan and act on it, get out of your head and into action. Oh, I love that so much. And I always remember before I started everything that I was doing, um, I would have conversations with my best friend and be like, oh, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm confused. I'm confused. I'm confused. <laughs> And that was all I would say and go round um, for ages. And then I went to a Tony Robbins event and he was like, you have to take massive action. Yeah. And I was like, he was like, decide, commit, take massive action. And I remember that. And I was like, okay, right. I've just got to do it. And it is so true because yeah. mountains move when you really do start to, right. to start to move towards what you want to do. Yeah. You shift your energy, your yeah. energy, then it starts to become a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, where, where you, when you start action, it's just literally physics that the that that energy starts to build and propel you forward and people really can see that sense it and respect it and then they start to help pushing you forward and it just it becomes like a well-oiled machine yeah i love that so much so for anybody who is um kind of either starting their own business or they're on their path to doing whatever they want to do and for fulfilling their dreams um there is always always the problem of not enough time and what I know you mentioned about the seven day challenge that you do um in the book which I think is fantastic and I think I'm gonna have to do I'm definitely gonna have to do that um mm -hmm. but what are the other tips that um you'd recommend for firstly productivity and then secondly letting go of the things that aren't serving people mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I want to say when you're very diligent about working with your schedule, there's always enough time. Um, the question is, is there enough desire? And that's the thing that I think is really important is people have an idea and then they say, you know, six, they just, you know, tell me, Aaron, I've got this idea. I want to start X, Y, and Z. And then I check in with them in six months and they say, oh no, I've been so busy. Da, da, da. And I'm like, if so to me, that's not a question of time. To me, that's a question of desire. And you haven't checked in with yourself and seen, is this something I really want to do? And have I put, have, do I understand what it even takes to do this? Because if you haven't done that work to understand what it takes, that means right now your interest level is not high enough to make it. It's just not. You're finding excuses instead of a way. And, and a, a lot of people, you know, come up with ideas and stuff because they, they think it sounds sexy or they think it, it'll make them a lot of money and the motivation is just not right. So again, this, this comes back to this idea of really sitting with yourself and starting to think what resonates within me, what gives me energy, what makes me really excited. I guarantee you, you will find the time if all of those things are aligned, right? So maybe the goal is wrong to begin with. And I tell people that all the time. I, well, I got this idea, I've got that idea. And um, again, like different ch check-ins and I'm like, I don't think you should do this. And people are just get so mad at me. What do you mean? This is my passion. I go, no, it's not. It's not your passion. 
I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but if this were your passion, we'd be having a very different conversation right now. People that find things that they're passionate about move mountains to get it done. There is no sense of I don't have enough time. It's pushing things out of the way to get this done. Now, there are obviously some real realities. People can't just quit their jobs, and I'm not advising that, by the way, either, because I think having financial stability is really is, is powerful, and there is a right time to jump off. So I'm but I'm very into the idea of a side hustle. There are 24 hours in a day. Again, the, the number one thing that you have to do, and I talk, my suggestion in the book is um, create three big goals at any one time. And those should be about a year out. So like, you're not trying to accomplish something at the end of this week, but it's not like by the end, by the time I die, I want to have done these things. So they're reasonable, manageable, significant. And I talk about choosing, again, this is everybody's at a different place in their life, but generally I would cho choose one career goal, one personal goal, and one relationship goal. Mm -hmm. um, total fluidity, again, because sometimes you're in a phase of your life where it's all, you really want to be career focused. So maybe you have two objectives in the career and one personal, but you cannot have all three in one bucket. That leads to a total unbalance that is not good. Um, so it's about choosing those three things, or maybe it's four or two for you, whatever, three works for me. Um, and then again, comparing them to that seven day time challenge and being very diligent about every single thing on that calendar. Is it working towards one of these three things? And if it's not, you really need to evaluate. Now, not every part of your life is going to be just about you, unfortunately. But 80% of what you're doing in a week should be moving towards one of those three things, period. And I think you'll be very surprised to find how much time you in fact do have when you start cutting out all the ancillary shit that does not move the needle forward for you. Um, so yeah, so there's that. And then the other thing is, it's not just about um, how you're spending your time. It's about who you're spending your time with. This is another very, very important, impactful thing. And this is something women specifically have a very difficult time doing. Um, you know, you've got friends that you've been friends with for 20 years and they call and no matter what, even if you've gone like this in your life, even if you know, you, you're picking up the phone call, you're returning the text messages. And I, I do this, thing. It's a very simple test. When your cell phone rings in the middle of the day and you see the name on the call display, do you go, oh, or do you go, oh my God, I want, I, oh, I need to, I want to talk to this person right there. Right. That's all you need to know. And especially this is in the middle of a work day. You know, these people, you train people how to treat you. And so you've got to, you've got to look at those habits. If you're picking up every call, regardless of whether you go oh, or not, imagine what that does to your energy, to the way you pivot in a day. That's how you start wasting considerable amount of time without even thinking about it. Um, so you, it's up to you to manage these relationships and start prioritizing and start training people how to teach, treat you because the only reason so-and-so is calling you in the day, in the middle of the day, is because you pick up. And the second you start picking up, she will stop calling you at that time and find a better time to do it or else maybe she'll solve the problem herself that she's had with her boyfriend 17 times and asked you the same thing. Maybe she'll be forced to figure that out for herself and it's not your problem anymore. So it's difficult for women to think of it like that because it seems kind of 
callous and not kind and like there's a lot of guilt behind it but it's a pretty simple calculation when you start actually analyzing your behavior it's when you don't analyze your behavior that you start getting in a, again like giving away your energy giving away your energy and when you stop giving away your energy you'll see exactly how much not only do you have more time but you have more energy to devote to that time so it's the, the productivity in the same half an hour, you get a lot more done because of the energy you're bringing to it. Yeah, so. I love that so much. And I, I noticed um, this year when I started to use an app called Flipped, mm-hmm. um, which you, um, you just download it and you can do full lock sessions on it. So you can't get any social media stuff on there. Um, yeah. You can receive text messages and calls. So if there was like an emergency, right. then that's fine. Right. But everything else that isn't absolutely essential to that phone gets wiped off it. And the and right. also I turned all my notifications off. Yeah, I don't have any notifications on my yeah. phone. It's so distracting. Oh my goodness, so distracting. So when I when I did that as well, it just felt like again, I had so much space and I was like, oh my goodness. And it's un- unbelievable how you how much you can get done when there aren't bing, 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 bing going on. Because you can really concentrate. Yeah, and that's the one of the other things that I've done recently is I've got a co-working space that I go into and I've, um, I used to go in there five days a week and I've changed it to going like twice a week now because I felt like I was getting so distracted by other people where I just get into the zone of doing something and someone would be like, Oh, Hey, how are you? And you'd be like, Oh my God. And then you lose your zone of focus. And then it takes you like an hour to get back into it. That's right. And I think, I think you're absolutely right. And I think the the larger lesson is just being mindful and evaluating what's happening to you because then the answer becomes very simple. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, I'm I'm not going to go five days, but the social aspect is important and I want to have fun and a different experience, but I'm going to do that for two days, not five days. And so those three, you know, this is just the answer presents itself to you. You don't have to come up with it. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you're being mindful, it presents itself to you. Yeah. It so does. So with everything that you've achieved, do you feel like all the tips that you just gave then mean that you've got less pressure and stress in your life? Or do you still have the pressure and stress there? And if so, how do you deal with it? Oh, I have way less uh, pressure and stress because it, it just goes to like, it's all about training people you know, for example, when I first started doing this and kind of finding my voice, even though I'd had success, you know, as I said, and but I hadn't recognized it and appreciated it because I was saying yes to everything and, you know, trying to be everything to everyone. And at the beginning, when you start setting boundaries and you start setting no, you know, saying no and pushing back, it's kind of daunting and scary and you don't know what's going to happen. And, but what start, what, what does happen is over time, people just stop asking you to do things that you won't do because you've made it clear through this. So actually it's not even like I've learned how to say no. And now it's just, I'm, 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 I can say no like that. I can say no like that, but I don't even need to say no like that because the amount of people that are asking me to do things has dropped from to almost nothing because they know this is the wrong. No, I'll figure it out myself. I can only come to Aaron when I have done a, a tremendous amount of work on something and I just, I'm stuck and, she, you know, it's a very small ask now what's happening. 
And by the way, it's much better for those people. I've helped those people by saying no, because now they're forced to figure it out. Mm. That's building their, their muscles, you know, and, and ultimately it's liberating for everybody. And so, yeah, there's a little bit of a learning curve up front about how to start training people and how to start putting yourself first. But once you do it, it's like you've already built that muscle memory and people stop asking you and People really have a respect when you can stand up for yourself and kind of own who you are. People really, I mean, at first they're kind of like, oh, oh, I don't like this. You know, she was always doing this. But ultimately, again, that power that you found within yourself starts to really kind of sprinkle out onto everybody and people take notice and are like, okay, I respect this. You know, I'm not going to cross this line. And that's pretty powerful. Again, that frees up so much time. Mm. Yeah. It, it just love the fact that when you start saying no and not being, not being afraid to say no is yeah. one of the most powerful things you can really do. Yeah. And it, it, again, it really does give you that space and enables you to actually achieve what you want to. Yeah. Um, and I just think that's, it's amazing. So um, from the book, um, I know you've got some amazing productivity hacks in here and things like what's, your favorite recommendation in here um, that you would offer to everybody who's watching um, to help them get more done in less time? Well, I think the thing, one of the biggest criticisms or, or kind of not criticisms, but one of the kind of the pushback things that I hear all the time is because I talk about a lot of different apps um, in the book. It's so funny writing about apps in the book, probably in like six months, people will go there and like half of the companies won't be there. <laughs> but you can find a lot of comparable things online. But a lot of them um, involve like a fee or a small fee. And so many people, you know, have said to me, Erin, oh, yeah, but this is like, you're talking about somebody that has money and I don't have that money and da, da, da. And I would say this again, it's, I keep repeating this and you see that I'm repeating it in different aspects. The idea is not, let's say I give an example of like ride sharing, right? Uh, taking Uber, for example, to a meeting. Um, and people say, oh yeah, but I'm not gonna spend the 15 bucks or whatever it is, that's, you know, I don't have that. And I said, okay, listen, I respect that you, not everybody has the same financial situation. Believe me, I literally started with negative, okay? Negative money, um, owing a huge amount of money. Um, but it's, you can't look at, like let's say $15 in a vacuum. You have to look at it and say, okay, $15. How long does it take me to get to the, wherever this event, 45 minutes? What is my 45 minutes worth? I hope it's worth more than $15. What can I get done sitting in the back of that car that will get me far more than $15, right? And even if, even if you don't do anything and you close your eyes and you take a nap on the way to the event in a conscious way, I'm going to take this 45 minutes to relax. I'm putting my phone away. I'm going to nap, you know, pass out that rejuvenation. What is that worth to you? And how can that translate to when you get to the work event and now you're rested and relaxed as opposed to driving white knuckling in traffic and then you arrive there. So again, it's about looking at these things holistically. I, for example, cannot stand grocery shopping. 
Okay. I cannot stand it. I get there. I'm not somebody that loves experience. I have friends that love like smelling every herb and veg. That's not me. I'm frustrated. There's a line. I don't know where to go. I get stressed out about what I'm going to make. Dealing with the parking lot and the park, you know, the whole thing for me is a nightmare. So I order my groceries online. The fee is $6.99. Okay. That's $6.99. But how much time have I bought for $6.99? I can do something. I can make a considerable amount more than $6.99 in an hour, right? And so it's now the key is though, you have to be diligent about that hour you're giving up. You can't just then throw it away, right? Because then you've just spent the $6.99. So it's a, my biggest productivity tip is about understanding how you're spending your time and really doing a micro evaluation. It doesn't take that long. Like you see, I just did it right now, right? So it's about using these apps and this technology in the right way where you're being very mindful about how you're spending your time. There's no other way to say it, right? And then you start doing the opportunity cost. Um, and again, it's not, it can't, it's not about laziness. It is if you don't take the time to be mindful about how you're going to, you know, alternately spend that time that you're saving. Then you're just kind of throwing things away. And then the other thing I would say, and this is one of my biggest productivity tips, is I am such an absolute firm believer in relaxation and finding time for yourself. And I am somebody, in full disclosure, that four to five nights a week, come, I come home, do whatever, put my son to bed, and then I watch Netflix. I'm very into shows. I get very invested in them. I'm enjoying the hell out of it, but I'm very conscious. I'm not just sitting down, plopping on the TV and zoning out. I'm very conscious, very invested. And I'm calc in a calculated way saying, I'm going to take an hour and a half and I'm going to really enjoy this. I'm not sitting there looking at my work emails at the same time, not really doing that, not really doing this. So I'm not rested and I'm not getting things done. When you relax, you need to be very conscientious about, I'm taking this time to relax, whether it's a bath, Netflix, whatever it is for you, then really get into it and enjoy it. Like, you know, don't just dial, you shouldn't be dialing anything in, including your relaxation time is what I want to say. For sure. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think a lot of us have so much guilt around right. um, just everything in general, but let alone like relaxing and finding space to do nothing. I like watch Netflix. Like I bloody love it. I yeah. love getting into a film or watching yeah. a series and it is the best way for me to be able to switch off after yeah. I've worked for the day. But I have a zero guilt around it because I just think yeah. it's amazing. Me neither. I'm, I'm, I, I love it. What I don't think is good is when you're sitting there watching it being like, I should be at the gym. Ugh, I should have gone to the gym. I should have gone to the gym. Well, you're not at the gym and you're not relaxing. Yeah. You've got to make a choice mm. and, and make a deal with yourself. Then if that's important to you, I'm watching Netflix and going to enjoy the hell out of it. And then tomorrow night I'm going to the gym. Yeah. yeah. It Move is on. about balance. And yeah. I, I always say, um, I always make a joke with um, my friends is that I love um, healthy living and healthy eating, but then I also love pick and mix sweet, sweets. It's just ah. like my absolute guilty pleasure. And I'm like, but I have I zero, yeah, I just have zero guilt around it because no. I'm like, I am enjoying them. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing. Enjoy them. Mm. don't be like oh i shouldn't be eating this i shouldn't be eating this just make a deal with yourself i'm gonna have salads and juices and whatever for most of the time but when i'm eating this i'm loving it 
yeah it's so true um so i am mindful of your time so i don't want to keep you forever however i feel like i could talk to you forever about this because it's just one of like i love this chisel so um it's just my jam um but i want to know what are the plans for you for the future uh yeah so i am really really spending a lot of time on my podcast i'm loving the space i'm i'm just finding so much excitement and um opportunity there. I come from the video world with Leaf, which is very, very, was super cool, but it was like video. So stressful lights, camera action. And this is just so much more uh, fun and easy and you really get into the conversation. So I'm really, really enjoying that. I'm starting um, thinking about ideas for my next book. Um, so I'm spending a lot of time on that. And I am, I'm working on another company, but I'm not, I can't really talk about it yet. <laughs> how exciting. I can't wait to see what happens for you and how it all unfolds because I'm Thank sure it will be a huge success. So for anybody who wants to find out more about you and what you do and your podcast, where can they go to learn more? So my blog is pickthebrain.com and on social for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, it's at pickthebrain. Anything um, personal, you can follow me on all of those uh, three things at, at Aaron Falconer. Uh, my book is available on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Chapters, depending where you are. And um, my podcast is available, Pick the Brain Podcast, wherever you download podcasts. Oh, amazing. And then is there anything that you'd like to add for any of the listeners that all um, viewers watching that we've not touched on? Yeah, no, I just think that a lot of, you know, people, if you're filling your time up with busyness, there's something behind that and there's more to you and there's more to life. And so if you're feeling very, very busy and at the end of the day, the litmus test is not to check in with whether you're happy. It's for me, it's, it's checking in with something more tangible and that's your energy. Everybody knows at the end of the day, do you have energy or don't you? And that's not being tired, okay? Because you can be doing like the greatest passion project in the world and spending a lot of time and you're gonna be tired, but are you exhausted? There's a very big difference. And so just do that little litmus test with yourself. Uh, you know, do it a couple days, do it every day for a couple days. And if you're feeling exhausted and you're constantly busy, I think um, it's time to look at exactly what you're doing and how you're doing it because there's probably a lot more to life and a lot more to you um, that you haven't discovered yet. And so um, I would take the time. If you don't take the time for you, nobody's taking the time for you. Mm, yeah I love that so much Erin thank you a huge 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 amount for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to come and spend some time and give such great nuggets of wisdom for everybody watching and um, I know that I have taken so much away from this interview as well